Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Afterglow with Trey Cabrera. Really excited you're here. This is episode three of 2024. So looking forward to kind of continuing this journey, continuing this exploration, and really continuing to have you as part of my new creative community. So let's jump right in. So episodes one and two, as a reminder, are available through Spotify. So you can go ahead and search Afterglow with Trey Cabrera and select it. And there you there you are. You'll have the episodes there right at your fingertips. So I did a little bit of a shuffle and wanted to think about a different topic for today's episode. Um, I was really set on one topic in particular and then did kind of this gradual pivot to think about what I wanted to share instead, right? And so not really kind of in place of that original topic. We'll certainly get back to that and explore that um, on a later episode. But today I really want to talk about my speaker's journey. And so a lot of you probably know that I am founder and principal of a Black woman-owned management consulting firm. And so through that work, I have found opportunities to really stretch myself and think about what are some of those other layers of Trey's story, right? What are some of those other opportunities that I see for myself? And so one that's been... Um, very exciting and something that I've been thinking about for a long time is becoming a professional speaker. And so I do speaking um, engagements and speaking as part of my professional work um, all the time. And I have for a number of years. Uh, so, you know, I've delivered a keynote. I have testified in front of a state legislature. I have presented countless conference sessions and professional leadership institutes. Um, I have a podcast, right? I have been a guest on others' audio events and podcasts. And so I, I, I've enjoyed this journey of speaking, and I've really enjoyed thinking about how can I turn those opportunities into something that I'm doing more regularly and into something that I'm doing kind of using this new platform of being a founder and entrepreneur. And so I want to talk today a little bit about that speaking journey, um, take you all the way back to my childhood, take you all the way back to many, many, many years ago, um, really thinking about how did this start? How did I start to conceptualize this as a young girl? And then getting older, growing into um, adolescence, young adulthood, young womanhood, what did that look like for me? And, you know, as an adult now, I'm able to reach back and really pull out those pieces that really um, did contextualize and give um, some texture and, uh, you know, some three dimension to this speaker role, right? This speaker journey, this creative um, part of my professional work. And so before I dive into that, before I really start to talk about um, that speaker journey and that opportunity, I will say I've had this opportunity 
come into my line of sight over the last month um, to really start to hone those professional speaking skills and think a little bit more about the content and the creativity and that type of um, outlet that that I would produce and that type of journey that I would start to navigate, but really starting to refine those skills and hone those skills. And so I've had this opportunity to start working on some of that, right? And ha have had this opportunity to start engaging in a new community um, with some leaders and some folks who have been in the speaking world for a number of years. And so I'm really grateful and excited for that opportunity. And I continue to navigate that path with some really smart, uh, innovative, fun, um, just really, really interesting thought leaders in this space. And that's another thing I want to say, right? And so I hadn't really thought about this idea of thought leadership. It's it's a term that is tossed around in my work, right? As a community development practitioner, um, I have heard this, this term, this expression of thought leadership for many years around many tables. And I know what it means, right? I know what my, my idea of a thought leader is. And I know a lot of people who want to be thought leaders and will essentially try to kind of step into that space, but, you know, not really having that authority behind them um, to back that up, right? To really kind of have that to stand on and really showcase themselves as a thought leader. And so that takes time, that takes practice, that takes the right um, influence, that takes the right folks kind of networking with you and those partnerships and starting to build that brand and starting to build that thought leadership capacity. And so that's something that I am really excited to start working on as well, right? I mean, a lot of folks will say, you know, a practitioner with your experience, Trey, 20 plus years as a planner, as a social work management practitioner and social impact leader, having those skills and that um, type of leverage, that type of experience under my belt. Um, so again, that's where I exercise that value of growth mindset. Sure, I have 20 plus years of community development experience. I've been a practitioner. I've been um, a policy leader. I've been navigating these spaces with folks who are at the very top of the decision-making ladder, right, in certain respects. Um, you know, I've written lots of um, kind of research-focused papers and technical briefing papers, and I've, you know, presented to elected and appointed um, officials. I've you know, been in school systems doing work with superintendents and CEOs, and I've, um, you know, developed lots of plans and um, work around sustainability and, and organizational infrastructure and all of these things, right? Things that I love, things that I continue to kind of look at and say, wow, this is an exciting career. And this is something that I have been wanting to do for many, many years, and I'm doing it and I've done it, right? And I continue to do it. But my point about being that thought leader and really having that emphasis on what is that impact that you are making and that you're able to speak about in an influential way um, that really brings people in and also kind of gives you this spotlight to, to stand apart from others, right? So my earlier point about some people will call themselves a thought leader, but you're not actually um, finding that connection to how they are a thought leader, right? And so having that conversation around what does a thought leader mean? What is thought leadership? 
those things. So my emphasis and my excitement around starting my professional speaking uh, journey and really starting to name myself as a professional speaker um, is that I want to harness and kind of really hone those skills. And I want to be um, seen as the expert, right? And having those relationships that will give me um, that push and that connection and that value and so many other things, but giving me those opportunities to really be in um, that space to kind of settle in as a thought leader, right? So really starting to settle in in that role. And so that's really exciting. So we talk a lot about values, right? And so it's the confidence, it's the trust in myself, it's my deep faith, right? It's that commitment and that relationship that I have. It's the power that I see in the work that I'm doing. It's the influence, it's the excitement, it's the communities that I'm building. It's so many things that have really given me this push and this emphasis to start along this journey. So let me talk a little bit about the journey. So I've set the stage a bit and I've given you some insight about what has it meant for me to kind of take this next step in this pivot and think about the excitement behind becoming a professional speaker. So I want to talk a little bit about that childhood experience, right? And then bring you along this origin story and kind of bring you into some of this. So, so I'm, I'm going to do that today. That's really what this episode is about. I want to talk about that speaker journey, journey, excuse me. So again, this will kind of be in three separate buckets. So I want you to kind of stick with me as I dig a little bit more into this story. And so let me start with that childhood perspective. And I'm just going to read, um, to give it a little bit of, of emphasis, right? I'm going to read from something that is already posted and available on my website, um, cabreragp.com. So you can jump over to there, uh, scroll over to a speaker's journey and you'll find this information, but I wanna take you in here now and I wanna read this. So as a child, I was rarely afraid to show who I was. My outgoing personality had a mind of its own. I easily made friends, honed my athletic abilities very early, made every sports tryout I went after. I was adventurous, smart, intelligent, determined, adaptable, funny, kind, and always the helper among the group. I guess as a young girl, I didn't name those characteristics as leadership qualities, but that was exactly what they were. I didn't need to always have the right answer in class or even know what the material was about. I put in the effort and activated a growth mindset, which became a very clear path for me into adolescence and young adulthood. Soon I understood that I could achieve and excel, and perhaps most importantly, I knew I could learn in all types of spaces with all types of people. As a young girl, I started to know and started to internalize that I was a successful leader. I knew I liked finding projects at school that not only interested me, but projects that, that ignited an excitement in me that was hard to tame. I knew I liked people, knowing their stories and building connections. I knew I liked teaching and guiding. I knew I liked structure and processes. I liked tools and systems that could keep me focused on the goals to achieve what I set out to do. 
I knew I liked learning new skills and building my capacity. As I got older and had more experiences, I could clearly name the types of leadership I wanted to pursue in my life. I knew the types of people I wanted to build quality relationships with. I knew what I looked for in new situations. I knew feeling included and having a sense of belonging mattered to me. I knew the values that comprised my value system. I knew I owned powerful and effective tools that I implied, excuse me, that I employed to reach the goals. I also knew and accepted that my life bumps, obstacles, triumphs, changes, growth, and so many other layers were part of the deal. And these were the pieces that have come to define me as the woman I am today. It all started with a fearless, curious, interested young girl. She raised her hand and sometimes it's the smallest moments that will become the foundation for the greatest part of the story. So let me stop there. So the last couple parts that I read, I also knew and accepted that with life, bumps, obstacles, triumphs, and successes and growth changes, right? Those are so many layers that essentially are part of the deal. That's part of life, right? Everything's not going to be easy, right? But it really started with me kind of getting my head around this awareness of curiosity, that I was curious, that I was interested, that I was excited, right? I wanted to know more. I didn't necessarily have the vocabulary to say, this is leadership, right? But I knew that I wanted to grow into something greater. And so it really all started as a young girl with a curious mind. So let me take you to this next part. In my early career, I was convinced that I had struck gold. My path was clear and I was on my way. What I did not know, however, was that in those early days, navigating workplace culture had become my greatest uphill battle. And I use the word battle very intentionally. I often felt like I had been in battle. The feeling of constantly trying to keep my head above water in an organizational culture that was not built for me to thrive. I often felt alone, defeated, disrespected, unseen, unheard, less than, minimized, targeted, refused, held back, tricked, scapegoated, pushed aside. All these things existed at work with leaders accepting the type of environments that would allow these very glaring problems to advance. And the refusal of leadership to name and address what was festering was the biggest roadblock toward any type of change. Poor training, a not my problem attitude, a things will get better attitude, shuffling problem employees from team to team when they express dissatisfaction, Unclear rules of engagement, some rules apply to some, but not everyone, a top-heavy, ineffective leadership structure, turning a blind eye, inappropriate threats of dismissal, fear, anger, sadness, unhopeful, yes, all of the above. I knew how it felt to be on the receiving end of poor leadership. People want cultures that prioritize belonging empowering people to live out their values and develop leaders who aren't afraid of the hard stuff. I have experienced these issues, serving on leadership teams and constantly interacting with colleagues and peers who needed greater clarity to accept the flaws in the system, reimagine how to support the organization and its people and become an influential part of the solution. Sifting through those unproductive, draining and unfortunate early career experiences gave me a new vantage point. 
I learned that when leadership failures and disasters are evident, pivoting is the only move and that deficits do not have to become defeats if leaders own it, engage, and partner to make the right improvements. Early in my career, I was convinced I had struck gold. In hindsight, that simply wasn't true. As a community development and social impact professional in this work for over 20 years, I know those early experiences ignited my journey to become the practitioner leader who led with purpose and values, underscoring the position that leadership is hard, and with the right tools, tactics, and activation of values, it can be the most rewarding adventure you'll ever embark upon. So that's kind of that phase two, right? So from the young girl to the early career professional, starting to see some of those leadership gaps form and emerge, right? The workplace culture that wasn't built for me to thrive, that realization, accepting that, that acceptance, understanding the field upon which I was playing, right? The strikes that were already embedded in the system that were not going to give me any fair advantages. So having that awareness very early on, but kind of stepping into that space and knowing the path that I wanted to walk along, knowing the journey that I was excited to navigate as a as a, as a brand new planner, fresh out of planning school, right? I knew I was on my way, but then I started to see those cracks in the systems, right? And people create those cracks and people perpetuate those cracks. And so having that awareness now as an adult and being able to name that kind of led me to this place, right? This third phase, leading with purpose, passion, and with people as the priority seems easy, right? It is not. It takes time to develop a comfort to see yourself with your people. What am I saying? It's not neglecting your needs. In fact, it's prioritizing them as part of the prioritization of influencing organizational culture building. You are part of the team and understanding that is a huge part of activating a growth mindset to become a successful leader. Why would you lead yourself and then lead your people separately? Does that make sense? Would you buy four new tires and then put one on your car and keep three of the old, nearly flat tires on your car too? Nope, because no one would. You and your team are the new tires and you and your team are the old flat tires. You replaced the four tires to benefit the car. Now your car can run efficiently with all four new tires working together. When you think of impactful leadership in these terms, it is clear to see that excluding one part, your team, doesn't allow the unit to operate. Three tires, your team, need the fourth tire, you as leader, to complete the whole and vice versa. So now you get it. That is essentially what I do with leaders. I help them get it. I help them see the whole so they can learn to lead the team, which includes them. It's not fractional, it's collective, it's a unit. I help social impact leaders revolutionize their influence in organizational culture building by creating content, programs, and communities. When we can learn and grow as leaders, we truly learn and grow as a team together. 
I have unique perspective to recognize that. In today's climate, we are constantly hearing about organizational shortcomings. In my work, I explain the significance of owning a tapestry of values to create stories that ignite unity, spark change, and activate sustainable organizational transformation. So that was part three, right? And you hear my dog in the background. She's wanting to join the conversation today. So allow her to be in her space doing that. I think that's okay. Um, she should calm down here in a moment. But but that's that third piece of my speaker's journey, right? That's that third piece that I learned to activate um, not that long ago, right? So having that vocabulary and being able to grasp at those concepts and those words and those that understanding of what is this that you want to be involved in, right? So the young girl had this idea, started to engage a little bit more as a young adult, started to take on some more leadership roles. And then as, an, as a mature adult, right, really was able to name what those deficits looked like in those cultures that she was operating within. What were those barriers, those, those obstacles? Why was leadership such a problem, right? That was truly the problem. And when you can't lead from a place of being impactful, right, there is a breakdown. When you're not confident in your leadership abilities and your leadership skills, and you're not asking for support, there's a breakdown because it's truly people counting on you in that role. And when you're not able to be accountable to the work that you're doing and your own actions, there's a breakdown. When you're okay with cultures that are demeaning and hurtful and upsetting and unfair and not creating opportunities for everyone, not creating a sense of belonging, not giving folks a level playing field. When you as leader are okay with that and you're not willing to exercise your voice to really start to create that tapestry of values that really start to ignite unity and spark change to activate sustainable organizational transformation, then you, then you are the problem, okay? So it's really about getting beyond oneself and starting to lean in and understand how do you serve your people and how do you do so in a way that helps all the people involved, not some, not creating an environment for some, but creating an environment for all. So that's a little bit of that speaker's journey, right? And so what I'm doing now and really starting to activate my voice and my skills and my excitement and my ownership and my accountability and my journey around becoming a professional speaker, I'm really excited that I'm able to share um, some of what I'm doing already, right? And so outlining some of that story, that origin story for my listeners and my readers, um, it's very exciting. And it's nice that I'm able to kind of fold that into the larger scope of Cabrera Advisory Group and all that I'm doing with my management consulting firm. So kind of moving through the episode and starting to think about what's coming up next, right? Um, so I shared, I want to say episode two, so probably last episode, that I will be welcoming some special guest contributors. So that's a very exciting 
piece of Afterglow. And so stay tuned for those voices to come on the air with me. So we'll have these conversations, right? Trying to be as organic and free flowing as possible. Want folks to feel that they can be in this community with me in the way in which they feel most comfortable. Um, so stay tuned for those pieces that will be activating very soon. The other thing I wanted to bring to folks' attention and hope that you um, will certainly tune in for the next episode, but in the meantime, um, think about some of those resources that um, as a speaker, right, as a content creator, as someone who's interested in creating programs and really fostering communities, I hope you'll jump on my website at cabrera.gp.com, link over to the A Leadership Look blog and go ahead and click that read more button. Um, and there you will see my blog about what is growth mindset. Dig in there, think a little bit more about what does that mean um, in application to your journey as a leader. Um, click in there and then go ahead and click the link to grab your five tips freebie, right? So I'll be producing a five tips freebie um, pretty regularly. So it'll give you a little bit more flavor of the types of content um, and resources that I like to share. This particular one is a worksheet that's really integrating these ideas of growth mindset and systems thinking. So click in, grab your copy, um, and you will be all set. But in the meantime, uh, I, I hope that you've enjoyed the episode. I wanted to give you a little bit more of the flavor and the feeling of um, my origin story, my speaker journey, um, and kind of where I'm starting to put some of those pieces together to form a unit, right? To form a whole and just starting to think about what is this bigger picture look like? So we'll be back on the air with episode four um, in March. Uh, I can't believe it's almost February, but we'll be back on the air in March with episode four. Again, thinking about how are we integrating some of these other voices. So stay tuned for some of the uh, announcements around our special guests and who will be joining us on the mic and who will be bringing their perspective. So excited for all of that. Um, I wish all of you a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful month of February. Um, you know how to reach me, you know how to get in touch, but please jump onto the website, grab your copy of the five tips freebie, read the blog and stay connected on LinkedIn. Be well, everyone. Talk soon.